Back to part two of the talk show for talkers on irishtalkers.com. And in this segment, I hesitate to introduce it because I have a, a, a sneaky feeling I know what Paul is going to suggest for this segment. Paul. Oh, Moira, you do. And you have already uh, had a little hint from me. There are going to be some very tough questioning, Moira. I'm going to interview you about something you've recently achieved. Right. Are you ready to uh, be put? That explains it, and it explains why I was a little bit hesitant with my introduction. <laughs> well, you're now in the hot seat. And the seat is very hot. So, Paul, tell me, what are you going to do to cool me down? Together. Yeah. I'm going to treat you as a distinguished person, Moira. And the reason I'm going to treat you as a distinguished person is that uh, two days ago, you achieved the distinction of completing a journey to become a distinguished Toastmaster. This is indeed so. And this is quite historic because you're only the second distinguished Toastmaster who has presented this show. The, there this is, is one true. other, um, um, Sharon O'Neill, who has presented this show, and you're the second distinguished Toastmaster. And I'm not a bit distinguished, and it gives me great <laughs> pleasure to have an opportunity to put some distinguishing questions to you. Now, let me ask you, Moira, first of all, have you any idea how many people in Toastmasters, or what percentage of people in Toastmasters, achieve the distinction of being distinguished? I don't actually know the statistic. All uh, right, I so you're a distinguished I Toastmaster and you don't know the statistics. <laughs> right, I excellent. I believe it's, it's less than 1%. Right, less than 1%. I believe. Right. Do you have any idea how many distinguished Toastmasters there are in Ireland? I would say about, well, District 71. I'd have better ideas. About 40 or so in District 71. And maybe, how many do you think there are in Cork? I told you it was going to be a hot seat. Now. Yes, yes. I can think of two others that probably are more that I'm not aware of. Maybe three or four. Right. No so more. it's uh, what we're really f uh, describing as a situation where it's a very rare distinction, that it's a very high honour. It is. And it's one that very, very few Toastmasters will achieve ever in their lifetime. This is and true. yet some people aspire Pray tell me, Moira, why did you aspire to becoming a distinguished Toastmaster? Well, the simple answer to that, Paul, is I didn't. At least not when I started out in Toastmasters. When I started out in Toastmasters, like probably everybody else, I didn't know anything about being a distinguished Toastmaster. I didn't even know about company communicator, advanced communicator, bronze, silver and gold. Like I everybody knew, else. Exactly. Like I knew, everybody else. I knew nothing about it. But... So how after, did you find out about well, Distinguished Toastmaster then? How on earth by, did, Who told by, you about by it? About, I, I guess, towards the end of my first year when I was looking to actually achieve company communicator and also uh, the leadership award, I then, stupidly, put my name forward for area director. I say stupidly because I hadn't the faintest idea what I was putting myself in for, and I made pretty well the hames of it for the first six months. I did, however, learn 
how to do the job reasonably. Please and let me keep you to the matter of I the start, distinguished Toastmaster. Well, this is, all part please of, this is all part of the story because in order to achieve distinguished Toastmaster, you have to go through these various levels and various tasks and various appointments. So becoming an area director was the first step, if you like it, on that ladder. But there, there, are, there are many more things that you have to do in order to achieve it. But we, it was probably when I, when I achieved the area director and I then started going to uh, area dire uh, directors training, you know, district training sessions where they talked about things like Distinguished Toastmaster. And that's when it became clearer to me that there was such a thing. But, and I emphasized the but, I still had no intentions of going very far. I thought, yeah, I'll go for bronze. Yeah, that's reasonable, can achieve that. It'll take me a few years to do it, but I'll get there. And that was the extent of my ambition. Let me put the question to you. Why did you decide, whenever you did decide, that you wished to become a distinguished Toastmaster? I didn't decide I wanted to become a distinguished Toastmaster. I decided that I was going to complete the Toastmasters program. Subtle difference, I know, but nevertheless, the, the difference is there. So what I did was I said, OK, the, there are certain stumbling blocks that I can foresee to becoming distinguished. And one of those was being able to complete a high-performance leadership project. And I thought about this for quite some time as to what I could do. And it was about a year ago that I took the decision, yeah, I can, I'll get the manuals and I'll start reading up on it and I'll see I'll see what I can do, see what transpires. And that sort of developed slowly. It took me probably six months, or maybe a bit longer, to really get my mind into the right mindset to be able to undertake this project. And then once I'd made the decision to go ahead, it was a matter of maybe three or four months before I managed to get the project underway and to complete it. Having done that, the rest of the things I had to do were relatively straightforward. I'd already given workshops. So doing a, an hour and a half or a two hour workshop was no particular bother to me. I knew I could do that. Doing the speeches, well, the manuals I chose were stretching me, but I knew I could do it. And it was just a matter of time and putting the effort in, putting, putting the work in, basically, to get those speeches done and the learning that went with it. Let me ask you then about the speeches that you made on your journey from your first, your icebreaker, yeah. to the final speech you made on Tuesday of this week. First of all, in terms of quantity, approximately how many speeches have you made at Toastmasters since your first icebreaker? I believe if you include the workshops and the educational programs that I've given, it's 73. So 73. 73 different, mm. well, not necessarily different because I've given the same workshops over again. But uh, yeah, 73 different, yeah, that's right, 73 different speeches slash workshops slash educationals. Okay, 73. And many, and many of those I've repeated. Ah, so, so the when you say many are repeated, well, you, that's 73 plus. Yes, yeah, so, so in, I think in, you're in saying, my CC, for example, would you have made 100? 
Probably. Okay, let's yeah. just stop there. That's okay. 100. You've made 100 presentations of yeah. some form or other. Yeah. In that time as well, how many contributions have you made to table topics approximately? Oh my God. Well, if you say that I attended probably 70 or 80 meetings each year after the first year. Like in the first year, I probably only went to one and a half clubs. Don't worry, but just to within the nearest hundred. Gosh, I just, I'd have to do mental arithmetic. You're making me work for this. <laughs> they tell but me you're I've distinguished. Been in, I've been in Toastmasters four years, so I shall leave the arithmetic to you. I'm a okay. member of, of four clubs now this year, this last past 12 months. So, well, the past six months, only four clubs. The previous six months, only three clubs. Uh, before that, only two clubs. I tell so, you what, I think I know because I have information about this, you've made 333 contributions to table topics. That wouldn't be far out. Yes, right. <laughs> that gives us a sense of quantity, Moira. Now let's continue on the scale of quantity. Can I ask you to again an, an approximation? Now, this is what accountants do. They guesstimate the first... Um, state before they go into the precise uh, figure. So I'd like you to guesstimate, please, how many different roles you have played ah. in Toastmasters. Lordy, A guesstimate, lordy, please. Lordy. Well, I would say probably uh, almost as many as I've given table topics. So you've played 333 roles, and I'm assuming that that means, you know, you've been timekeeper 25 times, and yeah, you've been exactly. grammarian 47 times. And of all the roles you've played in Toastmasters, on your journey to becoming a distinguished Toastmaster, which has been your favourite and why? That's a very difficult one to answer because all they all have their good sides and they all have their difficulties. Oh, Moira, stop playing for time. No, I'm but not come playing on now, for time. Which I'm, one? Not, I'm being which honest. One? I'm being honest with okay. you. I like doing timer. It's something. It's precise. It's you know. It's detailed. I like being our counter because I'm a stickler for people not saying ums and ers and all the rest of the ahs which we do. I don't enjoy doing grammarian very much because I'm not terribly good at that. But I do enjoy evaluating. I'm okay at general evaluation. I don't, I don't necessarily enjoy it that much, but uh, I do it. And uh, I do it because I know I have to do it and I ought to do it. And I do it as often as I need. But evaluating generally, I do enjoy. So evalu being an evaluator is being your favourite role I guess, in Toastmasters. I and why? Why? Because I get as much learning out of it as I hope the evaluated person gets out of it. And it is, it is all about learning. Of all the evaluations you've ever done, which one sticks in your memory most? No, I, I couldn't pick one particular one. Because okay, basically, fair. when evaluation is done, the learning is done, and that's it. You don't particularly remember them. And come on, there have been maybe 100 or more evaluations. Wow. More than it must, has been. What an that. incredible journey. And in terms of your ability as an evaluator, tell me something that has helped you to become a better evaluator over the years. Without a shadow of a doubt, Freddie Daniels. Freddie Daniels' Effective Evaluations workshop, which he gave in 2014 to Blarney Toastmasters. And as a result of that, 
Sharon O'Neill and uh, myself put together, well, Sharon did the hard work on it, I merely titivated it, a, a workshop for our division, which she has given many times and I've subsequently given many times, and that has helped my evaluations hugely. And Last. now I'm going to stop you there because we've come to the end of the segment and we don't want to hold our audience to ransom any further. Our second piece of music, Paul has chosen Climb Every Mountain, and I found this version by Shirley Bassey. Thank <laughs> you. 